You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Amen. Um, I want you to turn with me back to 1 Corinthians. I preached from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 last Sunday. Uh, and I'm just going to move over into chapter 2 and talk a little bit more about wisdom today. And I want to talk about wisdom as, as we understand wisdom from the Spirit, wisdom from God uh, this morning. And this is a small chapter, so I'd like to just read the whole chapter to you this morning. Um, and then I'd like to just talk to you a little bit and try to break this down in some real simple ways. And let's just look at a few pieces of it uh, and make some application for ourselves this morning um, based on uh, what God is doing in Life Church and how He is uh, moving here, and what what we are wanting to do as a church in terms of making an impact within our community. Okay, so chapter two of First Corinthians, beginning at verse one. And I, when I came to you, brothers, Paul is is, is writing this. He says, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not as plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that you, your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet, among the mature we do impart wisdom, Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood that. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I want to just talk to you a little bit about this, this idea of spiritual wisdom, wisdom that, that comes from God this morning. And, uh, and hopefully we can break this out in two or three little things here that we can take away with us today. Um, I, I guess my goal for you today would be that as I am done speaking to you is that you would really desire the Spirit of God in your life. That you would really, really hunger and desire to have God's Spirit and to experience uh, the, the, the wisdom that comes out of a relationship with God through the power of 
the Holy Spirit working in your life. So I really want to encourage you to, to think in those terms, and that's where I kind of want to, want to take you to this morning, because I think we need this kind of wisdom. I think it's very vital for us. It's very important for us to, to have the wisdom of God. You know, I've been in ministry many, many years, decades now, um, and at, at 60 years of age, I still feel as much, if not more, that I am in over my head. You know, when it comes to serving God and, and pastoring a church and discipling people and leading outreach into our community and trying to, to, to bring the gospel around the world and all those kinds of things, I just feel like I am way in over my head. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the wisdom that is needed to do that. And, and I have a great consolation from the scriptures in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, when, when Solomon said to the Lord. He said, I am, I'm only a little child and, and I don't know how to carry out my duties. He, he felt ill prepared for what he was going into. And I, I honestly feel that way sometimes. And I even have said this to people. Uh, and, and when I read the scripture, it brings that back to me that there's this response that just kind of comes out of my heart once in a while. And it is, I just feel like a kid. You know, I, I, I don't feel adequate. I don't feel capable sometimes. And I, I, I feel ill-equipped at times to do the things that I know God is calling me to do. And, and, and I think sometimes that carries over in our everyday lives as well. We feel inadequate in the job or the career that we've, we've set our, our, our path on. And, and, and we, we sometimes feel very ill-equipped. I, I think, I do, I, I would assume that, that you do, and maybe, maybe you got it a little bit different than I do, and you kind of got it together, and you're good in a lot of these areas. But, but, you know, I've been married for 32 years, and I feel very ill-equipped in marriage. You know, I've parented three children, my wife and I, and, and, and they're now all 20 and older uh, and, and out in, in, in vocations and in education and those kinds of things. I still feel very ill-equipped um, to be a dad. You know, when, when my kids call me now and they ask the really hard questions, you know, I, I, I'm still going, oh God, I need so much wisdom from you. I need, I need you to help me. I need you to carry me through here because I don't know what to say. I don't know how to respond. I don't know how to make a certain decision. I don't know how to plan appropriately. I don't know how to equip or to prepare myself in such a way that I will know confidently that I'm going to do the best every time. And so I, I revert back to identifying with Solomon and saying, oh, I, I'm, I'm only a child and I don't know how to carry out my duties. And so I want, to, I want to challenge us that there is a way. And I'm not saying that you're going to get perfect and you're going to make the right decisions every time or you're always going to have the perfect wisdom. Uh, but I, I believe that there is a way for us to live. And there, there, is a, there is a response to God that we can have that will allow us, it will equip us, it will prepare us to make godly and righteous decisions based on the wisdom of the Spirit of God and not just ourselves, our earthly wisdom that is always trying to push its agenda in and, and tell us what to do, all right? And not only in our own lives is, is this the challenge, but even in the, the church life. And I want to say to you today that I believe that, that 
the church is the place where we need to start this, where we need to come together in community and we need to seek the wisdom of God. And the life of the church, we need this corporately in the life of the church, not just in our individual lives, but as we as a church are growing and as we are, are, are having impact and as we are strategizing for how we're going to share the love of Jesus with others, we need the wisdom of the Spirit, not the wisdom of man. Folks, we're not offering man's wisdom. We're not offering man's answers. We're not offering the world's solutions. We're offering God. And so we bring the the wisdom of God into play. And I think as a church, we need to be very mindful of that. And as we are seeking God for our destiny as as a, a corporate body, that we are continually falling upon the Holy Spirit. We're continually throwing ourselves at the Spirit of God. We're continually uh, releasing our own will so that, that the Holy Spirit can capture us and speak to us and, and, and impart wisdom to us. We need the wisdom of God. And so I want us to be challenged in that today so that we are going forward in the right ways. And, and I, I want to encourage you, I'm going to plug something in this moment, and that is Pastor Dave's life groups. Uh, he said something to you about it this morning or mentioned it this morning. Uh, and they are different. And you're, some of you are going to be in a different life group than you were in last time. Or you're going to be with, uh, have new people in your life group. Or you're going to be meeting on a different night. All those kind of things are just sort of like, like uh, peripheral things. Those things are, are, are like necessary. Some of them are logistical kinds of things. But that's not what a life group is about. So, so I pray that you're not going to be dwelling on, oh goodness, who's going to be in my group? Or, you know, how am I going to enjoy this group? Or, or I'm, well, we're going to be in somebody else's house now. Or we're going to be in another part of town now. It's another night. What's, all that stuff. All that's just part of it. But the key is that we are coming together in, in faith-filled community And we are allowing God to do something in our lives together. And you know what? The Spirit of God in you is very important and vital for my life. And the Spirit of God in me is very important and vital for your life. And we need to be coming together and connecting with one another and growing with each other so that the Spirit can speak through us and we can encourage each other and build each other up and offer counsel and wisdom and godliness to one another and be accountable to that truth and that godliness that is there for us. And we can do that when we come together. When you isolate yourself and you separate yourself off, it's a dangerous place. Oh, I know, it's you and God. And you, you, you don't have anything better than when you have you and God. But God works through His body. And we've been given to one another for the purpose of bringing ourselves into maturity and unity and fullness with each other. And the gifts have been given and dispersed as God would will them to be in order that they might be used for His glory, but for our ultimate good so that the church can can grow and flourish and prosper and be effective. And we can bring the gospel and win the lost. Then we're on mission. Then we're on target. And we need the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. It's a crazy battle. It's 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 a crazy fight, if you will. And it's unconventional. And, and we can't listen to the world tell us how to do this. You know, David and I, we, we do a lot of 
researching and reading and listening and we you know we read the blogs and we 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 hear the pastors and we 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 read the articles and those kinds of we try to keep ourselves informed of things that are current and and relevant and and even some things that are not relevant Uh, but but we we try to make sure we know what's going on in the earth today and what what you are experiencing and what you're dealing with we try to keep our our ear open to all of you and to where you're at and, and and all of those kinds of things and that that is important for us but we are very, very mindful that, that in the midst of all of that, there is a battle that is being waged for your soul. And that the enemy is out there and he's crouching at the door and he's, he's, he's lurching around trying to, to steal, kill and destroy. He's trying to devour God's people. And we realize this, and, and we realize that, that it's, it's absolutely essential that, that, that you and I are are on track, we're on target, we are alert, we're keen, we're, we're equipped, we're ready to handle whatever darts the enemy is going to shoot at us. And so as, as, we, are, as we are studying and as we are, we are trying to figure, figure these kinds of things out, we, we, get, we get very, very aware, very, very uh, aware of the fact that life is not easy for you. We understand that. But, but we want you to understand that God has given you something. And it's not pastors. <laughs> He's given you His Spirit. And His Spirit is there for you to take hold of. To utilize, to, to receive. And, and, and the Spirit of God is such an amazing tool. For you and I, and, and I, I hesitate to say it that way, to say, I, I don't want to relegate it to an object because it's not an object. It is God's Spirit. But, but you are able to utilize the Holy Spirit in ways that, that it will dramatically change your life. And, and I really want to encourage you in that because you're in this battle. I, you may have read, I don't know, it was many, many months ago, but there was a there was a group of Americans. They were on a, I believe it was a Carnival cruise ship. And uh, they were older Americans. They were retired people. So they were older, uh, probably older. Most people are older when they retire. But they, um, I, I just thought about it. I know a guy 37 and he retired, you know. I, so it could be a young idea. But I think these are all, all seniors, okay. So these all older people. Um, they were in Costa Rica. And uh, they'd gotten off the, the cruise ship and gotten on a tour bus in Costa Rica. And they were, they were going around on this little tour. And there were three gunmen that literally hijacked the tour bus and, uh, and was going to rob all of them, all right? And, and one of the men that was on the tour bus in, in the group of these retired people, he was actually retired from the U.S. military, um, and he happened to be 70 years old. So I'm thinking most of these people were probably older people. All right. He's 70 years old. But here's what I want you to, to understand. These, these muggers, these would-be robbers, they were in their early 20s. And this 70-year-old retired military man, just, he just said, no, I'm, I'm just not going to have this. And he, he just grabs one of these guys. I'm sure that they were not expecting that a 70-year-old man would fight back and would grab one of them. He grabbed this kid and put him in a sleeper hole. The sad thing is, this kid never woke up from it. 
But he took him out. He just completely, completely took him out. All right? If that's God and he wants to talk to me, just tell him I, I, I'm, I'm with him, okay? <laughs> Sleeper hole. Well, when the, when the rest of the group saw this, they were like, we're not going to take this either. And they started finding things that they had, like handbags and whatever, and they started attacking these 20-year-old muggers and sent them fleeing. They ran out of the bus. And, of course, the authorities came and and they took away the the young man who was still asleep in in the sleeper hole. Um, But here's what I want you to understand. These people, they were not... They were not expected to fight back. Nobody, when, when these guys came, they looked for a, a, a vulnerable group of people. They looked for someone that they could take out. They looked for someone that might have weaknesses and so they could overcome them, overtake them. They fully expected to rob all of these people and take their possessions. And this was not an uncommon thing in this particular part of the city that they were in. But they were on a tour bus and they thought they were safe. But they were not totally safe. Someone was crouching at a moment and when the opportunity came, they, they rushed the bus and tried to rob these people. Why are you telling this story, Pastor Bill? I'm telling you this because I, I, want, I, want, I want you to see something here. You are living your life day to day. And, and, and God has called you to do something, I think all of us, very specific, and that is to proclaim the gospel. I, I believe every one of us are called to share the message of Jesus. I don't think anyone is with, without that call. You have no excuse not to share the gospel. In some way, you can share Jesus with someone else, okay? So, I believe that, that because of that call, we have a responsibility then to prepare ourselves and make ourselves ready. But I believe that that call is what oftentimes uh, motivates the enemy to try to stop you because he wants to stop that call in your life. And so here's what I want you to understand is that that call is not something you can do on your own. It's not something that, that, that you are able to just say, oh, cool, I'm just going to share Jesus and then just go out and it's always going to be this wonderful uh, ethereal kind of experience and everyone around you is going to get saved and healed and delivered and transformed and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be hard because it's a battle. And the world will say that you and I are the most unlikely ill-equipped people to do this. And and the world is going to always try to tell us how church should be done and how we should behave. And how we should, should respond. And what is proper for us as Christians and improper for us as Christians. Folks, we don't take our cue from the world. We take our cue from God. And God has called us to go into the world and to make disciples. To share the gospel and to equip people. And so I want to challenge you that you begin to look and see this thing as Paul sees it, just as he's writing to the, to the Corinthians here. And I know sometimes Paul can, can get a little bit heady with things, but I think he's got some simple things here that he wants us to see. And right at the beginning, I think he lets us know that, hey, this is a, this is a message that all of you can bring. 
Because he, he says, I came to you, but I didn't, I didn't come with lofty speech. I didn't come with the world's wisdom. I didn't have special things to say. I just simply came and I decided I'm not going to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Folks, the world would love to broaden your message and give you all kinds of things to say that are unnecessary and not even a part of this central message of Jesus and the cross. Paul isn't saying that there aren't other things that are important and other things that need to be taught and other things that need to be preached, but he's saying there's a centrality to this thing, and that is Jesus and Him crucified. And that's what I want you to bring. That's what I want you to be saying. That's what I want you to be focused is on sharing the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He is the embodiment of this wisdom as we talked about last week in 1 Corinthians. He says it in a whole different paradigm than the world says it. And when the world says get big, he says get small. When the world says seek for yourself, he says give up and give. When the world says, don't serve, just be served, he says, no, be a servant, pour yourself out. He says it all so different. The the wisdom of Jesus just turns the world's wisdom upside down. And we talked a lot about that last week. But how do we do that? How, How are we capable of going against the grain? How are we capable of crucifying our flesh? How are we capable of, of, of saying, I'm going to live as Jesus lived? It is by the Spirit. It is not what we do in ourselves, but it is by the Spirit. I, I didn't come in, in this, this wisdom or this speech of the world. And in his day, in Paul's day, let me tell you, there were men who came into the city and they were orators. They were, they were men who were trained in speech and, and they, they, could, they could argue philosophies and they could debate issues and, and, and they could be eloquent in their speech and their presentation and they could capture people. And the people of that day in the city loved that sort of thing. And he's saying in the midst of all of that and in the midst of what they might expect, that's not how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to focus on Jesus and Him crucified. And then he says, and I, I come to you with weakness. I come to you in fear. I come to you in much trembling. My speech and, and my message, they're, they're not with sensible words sometimes. I don't have that earthly wisdom going on. But here's what I'm bringing. I'm bringing this message of Jesus and Him crucified. And it's in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. And I do that so that your your wisdom, you're not not resting on the wisdom of men. You're not not falling back on all that stuff that won't do anything for you in the end. It It won't take care of you. It won't save you. It won't change you. What's going to do that is the power of God. And so that's all I'm bringing. And folks, that's all God is asking us to bring. We don't have to have all these extras. We don't have to have all this peripheral stuff. We don't have, the, have, we don't have to have the best of the best of everything. We just need to come in the power of the Spirit of God. We come in this demonstration of His Spirit, and we speak the truth, and we speak the life of God. I remember once my wife and I, we, 
we served in a, a mission over a Christmas holiday. Um, in another, we, we uh, traveled to a major city, and uh, and we we lived at the at the the gospel mission uh, through the Christmas period, and um, and we served there. And my my wife was and another lady were serving in the in the kitchen and and helping prepare meals and and doing other things with some of the ladies there. And, um, and, and I was preaching at night and, and, and trying to work with some of the men who were, were employed there. And, um, and it, it, was, it was a tremendous experience for us. Uh, near the end of the time there, uh, and, and, and we could tell just stories and stories and stories about what God did there and, and, and the people that, that he touched, that we witnessed him touching there. Uh, that was powerful. But there was something that stood out to me once. And... Uh, and, and we, were, we were in the kitchen, and, and, and they had been serving food, and this, this guy was helping in the kitchen. And, uh, and he asked me, he said, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? When, when are you going to leave? And where are you going to go? And what's, what's your plans? And, and, and he, was, he was just shaking his head. He was doing it. I can't do it like he did it because he was doing it kind of in a song kind of a thing. Um, and, uh, and I said, well, I, I, my wife and I are going back home. And uh, we're just going to do what we've been doing before we came here to, to hang out with you guys. And he kind of got this smirk on his face for the first time. And he goes, yep, I know about you. Y'all going back to your little country club. And you're going to have your little time out on the patio. And you're going you're to eat your watercress salad. And you're going to drink your sweet white wine. And you're going to ride in your big Mercedes. And you're just going to keep on going. And you're just going to forget about all of us. And we're not going to matter anymore. He said, you know what? That's why we don't go to all y'all's churches. I think that might be the only reason I was supposed to go there that Christmas. A lot of other things happened. But nothing like went inside of me and cut me up and dealt with me like that encounter with that man. And and everything in me wanted to rise up and defend myself. And tell him that I'm not one of those people. I don't do it that way. But I realized that, that in my heart I was going back. And I was longing to go back because I didn't like all of my experience there in the mission. And I didn't know how to talk to some of those people. And, and, and I didn't know how to handle some of those problems. And I was younger and less experienced in a lot of things at the time. But that cut me. It was like, that's, that's the thought. And, and folks, you know what? A lot of the church has bought the idea that we need a bigger building, and we need a better building, and we need a fancier building, and we need this, and we need that, and we've got to have this kind of thing, and that kind of thing, and this gimmick, and that gimmick. And if we'll just have this, they'll finally start coming. And if we put this up, then, then that will appeal to them. That will attract them. No, Paul says, this is what I do. I'm going to forget everything except Jesus and him crucified. And that's what I'm bringing. That's what, that's what I got in my hands. And I'm going to bring that. But you know what? I'm not going to bring that just me by myself. But I am going to bring that in the power of the Spirit. And here's the thing you need to understand. 
It is not your words. That's what Paul says. It is not his words. It is the Spirit that makes the difference. You bring Jesus, you keep Jesus central, but it's the Spirit that will do the work. And I hope that that will help you to kind of like say, ah, yes, I can do this. And we can do this together. Now, he's keeping it simple. But, but immediately he says, hey, but I want you to understand something. Among the mature, among those who are, who are in the church and who have been in the church and, and who have the truth and they're growing, among the mature, we do impart wisdom. This wisdom of God, all right? It's not, it's not a wisdom of this age. It's not, it's, it's not the philosophies of Obama. It, it, it's, it's not the, the ideologies of, of some organization that's out there today in America or some other country. But we, we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Because you see, he says, that wisdom that we refer to, that, that earthly wisdom... It is doomed to pass away. It's a guarantee. It is going to pass away. It's not going to, it's not going to suffice. It's not going to be enough. Somewhere along the way, you're going to see that it is not what you need. It can't do the job. And it's going to pass away. But we impart this secret, this hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of our glory. God's wisdom was from the beginnings, from before the foundations of the world, all right? The rulers out there now, the the famous people out there now, the celebrities out there now, they, they didn't understand this wisdom. They don't understand this wisdom. They don't have this wisdom. If they had it, he says, in that day, they would not have crucified the Christ. If they'd only understood, if they'd really had the real wisdom of God, but they were looking for other ways and other things. Even the religious people. Jesus stands on the side of Jerusalem on the hill and looks down and he sees the religious people going in and out and burning their incense and sacrificing their animals and, and, and crying out. And, and in the midst of that, he begins to weep. He says, if only you would have understood. Like a hen gathers her chicks, I would gather you. But they wanted some other stuff. They wanted to add their things in there and their earthly wisdom and get away from this Jesus as the Messiah. And he goes on in verse 9 and he says, I want you to understand this. It's, It's already been written. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I want you to understand something. This this dynamic of the Spirit empowering us to go out and do mission is saying Jesus is generous to you and will give you what you need. And here's the thing. An earthly eye won't see it. It's not open to an earthly eye. And an earthly ear will not hear it. You, you can't get it in your earthly imagination. You can imagine all kinds of things, but you won't imagine this, this power and this wisdom of God if you limit yourself to just a soulish earthly imagination. It can't see it. It can't get it, all right? It is for those that God loves, who loves Him, and there's an intimacy, and there's a connection, and there's a relationship. Folks, if you want to be successful, truly successful, in God's stand, 
and not just in the world, you are going to have to be able to, to, to let the Spirit in and let God do what He needs to do in your heart to prepare you. And that's going to come uh, uh, foundationally, and it starts with Christ. You can't circumvent that. You can't jump over that fence. You can't get there some other way. It's only going to happen through Jesus Christ. The beginning place, folks, today is Jesus and no other. And so if you haven't started there, if you don't know this Jesus, I want to invite you today that you can come and you can know Him. You can experience Him today. And you can begin to grow in this kind of wisdom that we're talking about here that Paul talks about preaching. And as you grow and as you mature, it becomes imparted to you. As you latch on to the power of the Holy Spirit and as you grow and as you're being filled with the Spirit in your life, you begin to understand and see and know the revelation of God. Because see, these things God has revealed, verse 10 says, to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Let me tell you something. I greatly appreciate this man right here. His head is full of thoughts. Just full. There's an engine going on up there all the time. And a lot of times, I just watch it kick into high gear. He is just thinking. He is just all the time thinking. Sometimes he shares his thoughts with me. Sometimes he doesn't. There are times... When I look at him in the oh, if you're a visitor here, we share an office, okay? Every, uh, the regulars would know what I'm talking about here, okay? But we share an office. Our desks are side by side practically, and, and we sit there and we can communicate and talk with each other very easily that way, okay? Sometimes I, I look over and I realize that he is, he, the, the, the gears are going, but I don't know what he's thinking. I have no idea. I'm clueless. And sometimes I even pry a little bit. And sometimes he shares. But sometimes he doesn't. And so I still don't know. But sometimes he comes in and he just pours his thoughts out to me. In those moments, I know him. I, 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 I understand him. Because now I have his thoughts. I I, I He's given them to me. All right? Are you following me? Good lesson for marriages. Share your thoughts with each other because that's how you know one another. All right? But let's come back to this. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? David knows his thoughts. I don't. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. I can't know David's thoughts unless he shares them with me. And he's not going to share them with me unless he trusts me and we have relationship with one another. I'm not going to know God's thoughts. I'm not going to have the mind of Christ unless I spend time with God and God speaks to me. But the Bible says, Paul says, he will do that. He will share his thoughts with you. 
He will speak to you. And as he speaks to you, you get to know him. Some of you come into the office sometimes and you go, well, I just don't know God. I just don't feel like I know God. I don't know anything about God. My first question is always going to be, how much time are you spending with him? Oh, I get my Bible and I go sit in the quiet place. But it just doesn't seem like much is happening. That's because you're like this. Oh, God, help me make it through this day. No. Get in the Word and get to know Him. And He will begin to speak life into you and the Spirit will work in you. We have not, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? All right, we're in verse 12. That we might understand the things freely given us by God. Did you hear that? Freely given to us by God. God's not trying to withhold this stuff. He's not trying to be elusive to you. He's trying to share with you. His intent is to be generous. His intent is to give to you the wisdom that He has from the foundation of the world in order that you might be able to grow and mature and be all that God has intended you to be. Paul goes on to say, we we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. There are some things as a child you won't be able to understand, but as you grow and as you mature, you will be able to understand them. And God understands that. And He will give you what you can handle. But the idea is that we are constantly growing, that we don't stop, that we don't stagnate. All right? We're going to have to stop because uh, we're running out of time. But let, let, let me give you one, one more point. In verse 15, he says, The spiritual person, person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. I, I just want to make sure you understand something here. As we grow and as the Spirit works in us, we are not given the permission to not be accountable to others. That is not a permission that we have. And this passage is not advocating that, that you are not supposed to be accountable to others in the body. You are. You are. But as you grow and as you mature, there is a wisdom that comes to you. And it allows you to have the mind of Christ. And what that actually does is it puts you at a higher standard. And the world can't judge you. Because the world doesn't understand this wisdom. It, it can't relate to you, therefore it can't judge you. It will misjudge you. And so, out of fear or insecurities or whatever, you cannot let the world judge you. Because it, it will mess with you and it, it will, the enemy will use that against you. You have been given the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Christ is in you. And I want to challenge you today that you live not under the judgment of this world, of this earth, but you live under the judgment of truth. Let, let the, the Spirit of truth and the, and, the, and the Spirit of wisdom speak to your life and 
live yourself and shape yourself out of that for the glory of God. Do we need wisdom? Yes. Why? Because oftentimes we feel like a child and, and we don't know how to carry out our duties. But the wisdom of God is available to us that we may become mature. And in that maturity, we can fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's seek that kind of wisdom from God. And James says, if you don't have it, ask for it, and he will give it to you generously. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to have the gospel message at this time. For